0: We use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first.
1: Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously.
0: It is time that we talked about 7 feet and 375 pounds, of pure killing machine.
1: Yes, let's do that.
0: And I refer, of course, to Charlie of Charlie's Farm. This movie told us what it was right on the hood there.
1: <laughs> it really did. And uh, one of my first notes, I, I did write that down, but then one of my first notes is, that's one heck of a machete. They didn't bury any of the leads for this <laughs> no. movie.
0: Well, they buried the leads. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> that's, good.
1: That's very good. I like that's very good.
0: So, plot-wise, to see if I can decipher the plot of this film. This
1: convoluted... Drama. Complex combination of chaos.
0: Indeed. <laughs> Killing machine. <laughs> There's a group of two guys and two girls who go to a place called Charlie's Farm because it's going to be scary because they've heard that people get killed there, which... Yeah, Sounds like a draw to me, definitely. And they get there, and Charlie kills them all.
1: Yep, that that's pretty much it. Are we done?
0: Yeah, you want to talk about the evil twin?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot of nuance to this one. No. I will say, though, there was more plot than I expected.
0: There was a whole section of flashback to... Learn how Charlie grew up and that he came from a cannibal family, which sometimes you come from.
1: Yeah. One of the more fascinating elements of this movie to me is that they really put a surprising amount of effort into fleshing out the characters and giving them like detailed personalities. And yet... And yet... Managed to end up with nothing but stereotypes. (laughs) And four. Different relationship pairs that all had exactly the same dynamic in the sense that the woman was the fraidy cat who didn't think they should be there and Uh thought the whole thing was foolish. And the man was like, I have no choice. Or, of course, we have to do this. It'll be cool.
0: It'll be so cool. There's going to be so much valuable stuff here we can steal and sell.
1: Right? Like, and... I don't have a problem with that being one of the relationship dynamics in the movie, but literally there was nothing else. There were four pairs and yeah. they all were exactly the same.
0: I stopped the movie to look at the clock on it at a certain point, and that certain point was one hour into the movie. And I'm like, because you know, you said they built up these characters, they put so much effort into it. Hour into the movie before killing starts. I mean,. <laughs> Not to say that people hadn't died before this, but before the, you know, the actual thing you expect in this movie where the monster is chasing the people around, that was a full hour into the movie.
1: Yep. Top of the second page of my notes, because I almost always end up with two, you know, front and back of my page yeah. of notes. Second page of my notes is where I wrote finally in <laughs> all caps.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of setup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's all this setup to get nowhere. Like, literally, the only defining characteristics of these two main characters, the two guys from the original couples, is that they make a lot of fart jokes.
0: They do that.
1: And Donkey has a large appendage.
0: Which figures into the plot, I guess.
1: It does eventually. There's no actual development, and yet we've spent all this time developing. Like, how much time did they think we needed to clue into the idea that these guys were immature? Like, like, literally, that's basically the only thing we learned about them, but we learned it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, the fart jokes and the not being prepared and the, like, making all the, like, lack of consent jokes Mm -hmm. and... Straight up that they lied to their girlfriends about where they were going. Like, yes. There were just so many things where I'm like, ugh, no. And then the girls, we didn't even spend time figuring anything out. Basically, they were just like boobs on a mop stick.
0: <laughs> One of them being Tara Reed specifically, speaking of that.
1: <laughs> yes. I desperately want to know the story behind how this movie came to be.
0: Yeah, it's got, well, it's got Tara Reid in it. Then it's got Kane Hodder, who's famous because he played Jason originally. And so he's been in every horror movie because of that.
1: Okay. And then everybody else, I don't know, maybe the other people are known for other things, but- Mm, Some of them. None of them were people that I recognized for anything. Here's how I imagine it going. Somebody knows Tara Reid, mm-hmm. and Tara Reed maybe knows Kane Hodder somehow through like I'm sure the they've, industry. They've
0: probably done many movies together that were all terrible,
1: or possibly Kane is a fan of Tara Reed, maybe because of the uh, Sharknado movies. Sure, I can see him enjoying those. Yeah, and so like like there's this uh, somebody's like brother or son or nephew had the right connections with the right person who had the right amount of money to be able to convince Tara Reed to do <laughs> this movie. And then Kane sort of decided like, oh, I want to get in on this too, this, you know, like I've I've always wanted to work with Tara Reed or something <laughs> like that, you know?
0: I don't know. That seems that seems more highfalutin than I was imagining. I was imagining like Sam Raimi's Second cousin's nephew was like, Papa, can I make a movie? And he was like, Let me get some calls in and we'll just do this.
1: I, I mean, maybe I feel like I don't even know. It's just okay. So, one of the things that I wrote down very early on the two girls, right? There's Tara Reed, and then there's some other girl, Mel. I know she has a name. I'm sure she's a wonderful actress. I don't know what her name is. When that actress comes on the screen for the first time, it's in slow motion. And she has like that kind of fuzzy, like 1930s mm-hmm. glow about her. Like they've definitely put on the this is a pretty girl filter. Yeah. Oh, and she had her own theme song that started to play as she walked toward them. And I was like, oh, her agent did some negotiating for her. Uh Like there is some stuff in her contract, (laughs) right? And I'm like, oh, Tara Reid's agent, not so much. No, she might not
0: have an agent though.
1: But here's what Tara Reid negotiated. She negotiated being the one who survived the longest. Yeah. Which is an important thing in a horror movie.
0: Yeah. Although just spoilers for the end that like, okay, so she survived the longest she got to shoot the bad guy once and then just boom dead.
1: Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, this was definitely one of those movies. But like, you can almost see the conversations that were had around conference tables around making this movie just because of the weirdness in how it was all put together.
0: Yeah, they. she got another slow-mo sparkly shot later in the movie, mm-hmm. too. And it was like, why are we seeing this? <laughs>
1: and I mean, it's worked into the story a little because yeah. Donkey is like, it, you know, has the hots for her. And we're seeing her through Donkey's like cataract-ridden <laughs> eyes, apparently. I don't know. Yes. But it's weird to see the business side of the movie show up so obviously in the yes,
0: movie. Yes. And we forgot... That Bill Moseley is in here too, which is not somebody we knew. We were convinced this was Will Forte, actually. Right. But Bill Moseley is also like horror royalty. He's been in thousands of movies that we've never heard of, including playing Otis in House of a Thousand Corpses, not to mention that movie again.
1: I mean, it was particularly entertaining to me to find out that that's who he was and that's what he was from because... Prior to knowing that, the note I wrote down was, this is like Will Forte meets House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. And then it turns out it is exactly House of a Thousand Corpses. (laughs) I mean, it was essentially like they took this guy out of that movie and was like, here's a spinoff where now he's married and he has a kid (laughs) and he eats all the people who come around. Not
0: much different about that. No,
1: but I am still not convinced that he's not related to will forte in some way yeah. like the facial shape and the way they use their mouths and the way they pronounce words and like literally everything is exactly the same
0: yeah it's or pretty possibly weird
1: possibly it is actually will forte pretending to be yeah that other guy well i mean playing this, this is
0: the pseudonym he uses when he does horror movies
1: Yes, because it would have looked bad for him early uh-huh. on in his career to be trying to do Will Forte stuff while also having been in House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it's, it's like his. It makes sense. What's his? What's it, It's his pen name, which then made us think that maybe this movie would be really fun to do if we recast it all with comedians.
0: Yeah, so I think it would be a lot better.
1: Will Forte is that guy, and then Charlie's dad, and then Charlie's mom being Rebel Wilson,
0: which. She appeared to be, yeah. Yes,
1: and then later there's a, a red-haired camper guy who shows up, and I, I decided that needed to be Seth Green.
0: Yeah, we never did cast a lot of the people, but no. those guys were. Although, you know, I know she's quite old for this part, but Kristen Wiig would make a really good Mel. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, at, when you're making the comedy version, it doesn't really matter. No, it the doesn't. Ages it are would. Wrong. I
1: mean, that's part of the fun of it. Yeah, and also. Tara Reid got to be one of these.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: 21 something kids. I mean, she was easily 10 years older than all of them. No. Well. That's not true because we looked it up and she's not. She looked. 10 years older than all of them she was
0: six years older than the guy who was her boyfriend which i mean that's a plausible scenario
1: totally totally
0: speaking of casting rebel wilson this is an australian movie we have not mentioned it
1: is it is okay so we've talked about some of the characters and like the weirdness of that the other thing that i want to talk about right up front is that these people were all camping which apparently is a Big deal in Australia. Like everyone yeah. was like backpack camping out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: people kept showing up.
1: And disappearing. Like how many campers did they talk about who had disappeared over the years? It just
0: happens nonstop.
1: Which to me is a little mind blowing considering that like every animal in Australia can kill you. I
0: Oh, I still had that thought when they, they went like guinea dipping-ish, underwear dipping in the lake. I'm like, if this is how Australians act... How are they surviving? Because, (laughs) I mean, there had to be seven things in that water that could have killed them. And just Just by
1: touching them. Yeah.
0: Just being barefoot in that, in those woods. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, there was an animal. Like they, they gave us a shot of an animal in that river. I'm still
0: not convinced.
1: And then it came, it was nothing. Yeah. It was like literally nothing. Really, I think they were just trying to establish that maybe this is dangerous. And then like, ha ha ha, just kidding. It's actually the guy up on the bank.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: So they're out camping. And I realized like some people are like, ah, oh, I don't like camping. It's dirty. I don't care. I don't care about getting like dirt, dirt on me.
0: Yeah. It's natural. But
1: these people bunked down on the floor of the kitchen where people were slaughtered and cooked (laughs) up and eaten.
0: Yeah. I mean, they may not have known that, but it was disgusting.
1: They had to have known it because, I mean, at least they thought it because Donkey was telling the story. Like all those flashbacks were him... Doing the, like, campfire tales. Yeah. And so they're, like, talking about how these k- this kitchen had been filled with rancid meat and flies and blood and blah, grossness. And then they're like, all right, throw down your sleeping bag. Let's tuck in for okay. the night.
0: And then the next morning they had breakfast. They were eating breakfast on normal ceramic plates. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't think they backpacked those plates in.
1: No. So <laughs> they cooked on that stove. And then ate on that dishware. I guess uh, that honestly is probably the most repulsive part of this whole movie to me. I
0: mean, I think maybe the filmmakers just didn't give that any thought. They're just like, "Oh, these people are having food now," because because they that's were in insanity a, because they were
1: in a set. That hadn't actually been used to murder people. Yeah, they're like, this is a working kitchen. Let's just cook (laughs) some food. Yes. (laughs) Oh, it was very upsetting. The whole thing was very, very upsetting. Now that we've moved past all of that, Mm -hmm. all the setup that I like that we took that much time to set up this movie (laughs) because it's very appropriate for how the movie went. Yeah, it is. What were your thoughts on Charlie as, you know, that monster human bad guy, you know, like yeah, the, that's uh, one of Jason. those categories, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: it's a uh, it's very classic. And we've fallen into one of the classic blunders here.
1: <laughs> Never engage in a land war in Asia. <laughs> that's
0: one of the most well known. Yes. But also, it's this idea, it happens in a lot of these horror movies that when you have this kind of genetic disorder or something that makes your brain not function well, you know, it makes you simple person. And almost always, and in this case, it's true, you get like a twisted spine and stuff. Somehow that combines to make you super strong, super big, and almost unkillable, which is like the polar opposite of real life.
1: Right, right. As a child, Charlie had clearly been in some kind of fire. I don't know. There was definitely like some burning on his face and he had some... Severe spinal malformities, and he had not developed, you know, mentally to the point where he could speak. He only grunted. So, how? He was like eight when his parents died. He lived hidden for all this time underground. He built himself a very nice. Tunnel bunker filled I mean, with corpses. I wouldn't
0: describe it as nice, but I guess you did mention it was filled with <laughs> corpses, so people can well, judge for themselves. Okay, so,
1: again, like he has some severe medical issues.
0: Yeah. He's
1: living in squalor. He had oozing open sores all over himself. Nice. How did this person not just straight up die of blood poisoning over the last 30 years?
0: Yeah. He's got that magic illness that affects these kind of guys, Jason and Michael and, and all the, the oh, hatchet.
1: Yes. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's really disturbing because it kind of reflects like a A societal fear of the mentally handicapped.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Which is not good. And
1: also suggests that they are animal enough to survive in the wild.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's just funny because they often do this twisted spine thing. And it's like, that's a sign that your body isn't okay. And like people like that have to take medication every day. And they're very careful. And they...
1: Right. And wear braces and (laughs) do physical therapy and... Yeah, are not lifting whole human beings over their heads with one arm, you know? Yeah. Also, purely just being seven feet tall is – granted, there are tall, healthy human beings. I'm not saying being seven (laughs) feet tall immediately means you're not healthy – But it is a genetic mutation of sorts that can often go along with, you know, bad joints Mm -hmm. or your bones grew too fast or like something was not quite right.
0: Well, I think there's actually a disorder not just because you're seven feet tall, but like Andre the Giant. Exactly. Had some kind of disorder and he was very fragile. Right. They talked about that filming The Princess Bride, how he was, they had to be really careful with him so they didn't hurt him.
1: Yeah. Well, and then you think about the fact that he's 375 pounds, which again, like-
0: <laughs> Not healthy.
1: Doesn't automatically assume muscle is heavy. I get that. And he definitely looked muscular- but also, like, I don't think he's had the healthiest diet for the last 30 years. Maybe.
0: We don't know. We, we do not know how healthy it is to eat people. We should try it.
1: I feel like we do know. <laughs> and that we're not going to try it.
0: Okay. 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 We're going to not try
1: it. <laughs> okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> for any authorities out there listening, <laughs> we are definitely not eating humans.
0: Yeah. We won't do that at all. That would be crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a, isn't there like a brain thing that happens?
0: Well, there's a risk of some disease. I don't know. I'm not qualified. Alex would know. But it's not healthy. You're not supposed to do it.
1: No, no. Also, even if it were healthy, it's just not healthy to just eat nothing but meat. I would say. I I think, like, he just wasn't getting enough vegetables. He lived underground. Like, he definitely wasn't getting enough vitamin D. I mean,
0: maybe he was farming the land and making, you know, cooked having potatoes with his humans.
1: Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> He's just good meat and potatoes. Yeah, outback farmer.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. So yeah, I absolutely think that the fact that he was able to do all of the things that he did was ridiculous.
0: I agree.
1: Were they horrific? Was this a horror movie? Did this? Did this... Tick the bright boxes for you.
0: I have no doubt it's a horror movie because we have such a long tradition of these slasher films. But was it horrific? No, there was. I mean, yes, there was gore that was for gore's sake, where they're like, "Ooh, yes. this is going to be cool to tear someone's jaw off," and it, that's a whole thing. Like where they're like, that's the point of the movie is to see how he's going to rip people apart, and that's a weird thing to have as a purpose for a movie.
1: It is a weird thing. And again, it's making this human an animal. It's like Absolutely. that, that other ring. But also, this was a good example of where it went so extreme that it was almost funny in a way.
0: Yeah, then they they do that.
1: But I don't know if they wanted to be funny.
0: <laughs> they weren't scary. I know that. And that was disappointing. Like, isn't that kind of the point? Like, you're supposed to be afraid and feel uncomfortable, but- Not really.
1: Yeah, no. I was uncomfortable. Yeah. But not in that way. And I think there's this line. I don't, I wanted to say fine line. I'm not sure how fine it actually (laughs) is. But there is definitely a line where you're actually building tension and creating anxiety and like tapping Mm -hmm. into someone's nervous system, right? And when you're just throwing around buckets of blood and- yeah. Trying to shock them into some, you know, being in that nervous system. And you don't get to that place in that way.
0: Not normally, no.
1: The girls in this movie were very easily shocked. Yes. And also apparently incapable of whispering.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. They would be hiding in a corner going,
1: oh no, oh no, we got to get out of here.
0: While their boyfriend goes, shh, shh, be quiet, be quiet. He's right there.
1: Yeah. Like, I can think of three different situations where the bad guy was right out on the other side of a wall or, you know, like they knew he was there. They are hiding from him. The boy in the group or in the pair is using his whisper
0: inside voice. He's whispering, which is a theory.
1: And the girl is, when she's not talking, she's randomly making like, uh, 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 uh. Like, just stop. Just don't do that. Just, just just, don't. If
0: you have to, you can just slap a hand over your mouth.
1: And then when she is talking, instead of talking in a whisper, she's talking about how the guy is right on the other side of that wall. We have to hide from him. Yeah. Shut up. Like, I mean. Actually, shut up.
0: It's like what we saw in Blackrock, except it was like a... I don't know. It was a standout specific moment in Black Rock. And in this movie, it was just kind of this is how people are when they're hiding, I guess. Oh, yes. It's how girls are when they're hiding.
1: I, and I don't I don't understand it. Like, clearly, it wasn't a directorial choice. Like, sometimes it's like, we're going to pretend that these noises can't yeah. be heard because yeah. we need the audience to hear. And it, we're building the audience tension, but we're going to pretend that the bad guy can't hear it. Yeah. But the guys were whispering. Mm-hmm. Did they try again? Okay, here I'm imagining the business side of making this movie. Like, how many times did the director go, cut, cut, cut? Okay, good, Tara, this is good. I love it. Do exactly what you're doing. Just bring the volume down. And she's like, okay,
0: okay. okay. I'll be sure to yeah, do that. Got it.
1: Got it. Like, how many times did they do that before the director is just like, all right, I that that's that's good. That's that's good.
0: Yeah, and scene. I mean, they they've spent all their career learning how to project, and they're like, <laughs> uh, I'm on camera. I have to be very clear.
1: Apparently, I don't. It was bizarre. It was so bizarre. So speaking of them hiding, there were several times when they were hiding like under a floor, but it was another level to the barn. Apparently, yeah. Like they went into the basement of the barn.
0: I mean, it could be related to his tunnels, but it wasn't. Tunnelly, it was like just wood.
1: What it looked like was instead of going down, like they filmed it like they were going down, but then they just went to a different part of the barn.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very possible. Because maybe it he was looked, on the second the loft of the barn or something.
1: Maybe, maybe because it looked like like the shoots that you'd have cattle go through. Either like yeah. I don't know if they're dairy cows, you know, they go through and then you put them in the different places to get milked or meat cows, you know, they. Yeah. To tunnel them through to wherever, you know, the, the whole thing. And what it made me realize is how often animal containment systems are used as the terrifying setting <laughs> in horror movies.
0: Yeah. And it's legitimate. It is scary, but maybe we should consider that.
1: I feel like there's, a, there's something to be learned from that and about how inhumane that whole process is. Yes, we are vegetarians. We do not eat meat. I am not one of those vegetarians It's like, nobody should ever eat meat. All the animals mm-hmm. should survive. You know, like I personally have made this choice. Other people make their own personal choices, whatever. But I do think that it is important to think about the humanity of how you kill the animals that you eat and the fact that we as humans, as human animals, look at that space and go, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, that tells us something, right?
0: I think that's a little unfair because part of the terrifying is that we know that that's where slaughtering happens. So it's like, we've got that knowledge.
1: Yeah, but that argument, which is a common argument, I think, like that, oh, they don't know what's coming, assumes that they don't understand anything about their environments. And Mm -hmm. if there's one thing that animals, especially prey animals, understand, it's the fear of death, right? Like, they don't fear it the same way we do in terms of mortality, but they definitely understand that they are vulnerable and other things are trying to kill them. And I mean, I feel like if you walk some cows into a slaughterhouse, they know what that smells like.
0: Oh, yeah. They know know the smell and they that, you know, being funneled through these small shoots and stuff is very confining and makes you nervous. Like, it's not Good.
1: It makes me think of all the work that Temple Grandin has done Mm -hmm. to actually improve those things, where she looks at it and she's like, this, you know, that's like her job, I think, had to do with going to places where animals were slaughtered and being like, oh, this is a problem because you have this fluttery thing over here, this is making them unnecessarily anxious, or this is too tight, or this is too bright, or too dark, or too whatever. Her whole job was to try to make the process more humane. And it definitely got me thinking about that.
0: Yeah, I did did not expect the discussion of this movie to go in that direction.
1: Right? Wow! Interesting.
0: Charlie's Farm is a throwback film. You know, they got Tara Reid and Kane Hodder and Bill Moseley specifically to get that crowd, the people who follow this kind of thing. It was, that's definitely not me. But, you know, they go to horror cons and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, we're going to do some of that. We're going to keep this tradition alive. And, and it's dumb. And it's not even as good as the ones that it's, you know, aping. It's just really basic. The the thing that gets me about it is that there's no twist. There's nothing to be surprised by at any point. Every step of the way you know exactly what's going to happen. And that's why it's a complete waste of time. Like that's the kicker is just the inability to be surprised, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, and that's what tells me that the only appeal for these movies is What are these kills going to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that'll be exciting. And they're not exciting. Like, he ripped somebody's jaw off. That's happened 50 times in other movies. Like, that's not a new idea. He could have done something new and inventive. That's sort of like the thing about these movies is to have inventive ways of killing people, which is a questionable goal. But (laughs) it's they didn't do it. They just sort of stabbed people through with machetes and axes and then ripped a jaw off. So... It all felt very old hat and just pointless. For me, that comes out to two teddy bears out of five. I'm not going to a one because it was I don't know. I don't even know why. I really don't. It's it wasn't absolutely terrible. It just wasn't interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. So Charlie's Farm wants to be in the category of House of a Thousand Corpses.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention how much it like tried to steal little elements from that.
1: Yeah. So it wants to be there. It wants to be with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. It wants to be with Martyrs. It wants to be with Goodnight Mommy. Like It wants to be one of those truly viscerally horrible movies.
0: Oh, it did not do that.
1: And it didn't, because every time it got to one of the things that were viscerally horrible, it was like, look, see that? Okay, now, moving on. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if that was fear on the part of the people making the movie, like, ooh, we can't get too, oh my gosh, it'll be too much, like, ooh, <laughs> it'll be too much, and they were pulling back intentionally,
0: Yeah.
1: or... If they made the movie they wanted to make, but then got a bunch of studio notes or, you know, whatever, you know, the people with mm-hmm. the money were like, "Uh, no, this movie cannot like, no, yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. And unless you are from a country where movies like that can be made without, you know, where people aren't as squeamish or you are someone from wherever you're from, who's like, screw it, I don't care what everybody tells me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I don't care if the critics hate it. Unless you have that confidence, it just doesn't work because you are making all of these promises and then not actually following through on them. And I think that's a big part of what happened with this movie is they pretended they were going to be one thing and then ended up being a very commercialized Sanitized version of that. Yeah. That being said, there were some amazing shots in this movie. Of Mel? (laughs) No, no, that was cheesy commercialized nonsense. But someone behind the camera of this movie has a serious artistic eye. There were places where I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. When they were looking into the well, like they were all, oh, it stinks so much here. What's uh-huh. that smell? You know, oh, did you fart? You know, like they're, <laughs> yes, they're they didn't making say that. terrible, like immature teenagers made this movie kind of jokes. But then there's this great shot of this hole with this like barbed wire around it and all these mm-hmm. old, you know, dying grass. And it was really pretty in that very <laughs> disturbing way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't pretty, pretty, but it was like art, right? There was a shot of Tara after Jason goes into the barn and she's like, I'm not going in there. And she sits down on a rock under a tree outside the barn. Yeah. And there's a shot from inside the barn through the door and the lighting and Tara sitting on the rock and the tree and the way it was framed. I was like, that is an artistic image right there. Wow. And there were so many little pieces of that. That would flicker throughout. And I'm just like, oh, there is an actual, real, horrifying, artistic movie trying to break through from the parallel universe <laughs> that yeah. it lives in. yeah. And it it just couldn't do it because it just had this, like, decoupage, like, <laughs> layer of commercially immature teenage nonsense over the top of it. It yeah. was very upsetting. Like, I am... I am a little angry that this movie didn't go where it wanted to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could be interesting, maybe. You'd still have to have a plot, but it could be interesting.
1: Well, that's the other thing that I liked about it. I really, I mean, I know it was halfway or an hour, two thirds of the way through the movie before Charlie started killing anybody, but honestly, I don't even need this movie to be a (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre monster human slaughtering everybody movie. I want this movie to be just that juxtaposition between these stupid kids <laughs> walking around completely oblivious to what happened there thirty years ago because they kept doing these flashbacks. Yeah. And the flashbacks were horrific, yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, I don't think they were done super well, but yeah, they
1: were certainly more horrific than the rest of the movie. Yes. And except for the fact that it was Will Forte in my head, <laughs> the scene where Charlie's dad has the girl like tied down to the bed. Yeah, and, and he's like, talking his, to her. Like that whole thing was the creepiest part of the whole movie to me. And I, if,
0: yeah, I think it was.
1: If the whole movie had had that vibe interspersed. I mean, you're
0: describing House of a Thousand Corpses.
1: <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I am. But, you know, if, it, if they had done that and then interspersed it with the modern day 20-somethings bumbling their way around and then even narrowly escaping or something like learning something from the process. Learning something. That would have made for such a better movie. But instead, they learned nothing. They all got slaughtered. And then the movie ended.
0: It's just straight up ended without any point.
1: Not one single point.
0: Uh uh-huh.
1: It is disappointing.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting thought. I mean, what if there was no danger on the farm anymore? And it was just like them finding, you know, clues to the past and being like, oh, my gosh, look at this.
1: Or the whole idea that they... They're like, ha, 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 isn't it funny to go in this place that oh, yeah. is like what this completely made up campfire horror story is. <laughs> and then they gradually figure out that it's not made up at all and it's legitimate and how horrible all of that is. And then they all go home. <laughs> They're just
0: broken. And
1: they act more like, yes, broken. <laughs> I want these teenagers to be broken.
0: <laughs> I mean, they, they got broken, but more physically than mentally.
1: It just, it could have been something and it. That's interesting. It was not the thing. And that makes me very sad. That was all a very long way of saying that I it would have taken not a whole lot for me to give this movie a much higher rating. Like I wanted this to be a four or higher. Mm -hmm. But I am also going to give this movie two teddy bears out of five. And I'm going to throw in one final question. Okay. Why did Tara Reid steal a piece of jewelry off of a corpse in the underground Charlie house?
0: We talked about it while it was happening, and we tried to figure out what was going on, but it was just some random corpse, and she took a random necklace off of it.
1: She took the time while being hunted, knowing that everyone else she knew was dead, she took the time to stop, go up to a gross, like, moldering corpse, Mm -hmm. and, and unclasp a necklace from around its neck. And put it in her pocket.
0: I mean, it was like, was that her mom that had been killed? I don't know. doesn't make any sense.
1: There's probably a scene on the cutting room floor that sets up what that necklace was all about. And who that person had to have been. Like, maybe she knew some of the campers that had gone missing in some way. Maybe Charlie had
0: stolen that necklace from, like, her bag and put it on this corpse. And she's like, oh, this is mine.
1: Anything could have explained that. As it was, it made zero sense.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that, this movie also had an evil twins, which was simply called The Farm. I wrote it down as farm, but it's actually The Farm. Okay. From 2010. Mm -hmm. It's a little hard to find on IMDb. Good luck with that. And you don't really have to try too hard, though. The Farm is another post-apocalyptic movie. It is almost exactly it comes at night. It's very similar except, you know, done by a bunch of high school kids after school and it's literally the most boring movie we've ever watched. So
1: I wasn't even watching it and, and it you were felt bored. like it went on forever.
0: <laughs> it was very short. It's uh 75, 75 minutes.
1: Huh. Really short. Felt like a lot of my evening.
0: Yeah. It was just really exhausting of just people. This one had actual zombies. There were actual zombie attacks that were still unbelievably boring.
1: (laughs) Well, because they were so slow. (laughs) Yes.
0: The zombies would slowly (laughs) walk towards them and they'd shoot them effortlessly. I mean, there's nothing to say about it. Just don't watch it. It's so insanely boring. I don't even know what really happened in it because the writing is so bad like the the things that people say when i was able to pay attention to it and didn't just drift away and start watching our fireplace burning because that was way more interesting like they were vaguely hinting at different goals and ideas that there they there was had. a whole
1: human being that they kept referencing that was out there amongst the zombies
0: right danielle
1: who, who- Who we never, they never go look for her. No, I don't know. They leave knowing she's there. They're like, the zombies are slow. She'll outrun Uh, them. They actually
0: said that, yeah. I don't know what the actual point of this movie was, what it was trying to do or say, but it was just a vague sort of Walking Dead attempt by college kids. It was so bad. Yeah, I award this movie one squished chicken out of five. And the only reason I'm not going lower is that, like, it's not offensive. It's absolutely unwatchable, and I, no one should see it. But I, I don't feel comfortable going below one because one is officially the bottom of the scale.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody put time and effort into making it into a movie and writing the script and doing all the things.
0: Oh, and playing the piano for the oh, entire movie. I forgot
1: movie. about that. Yes. I think because I wasn't watching it, I think that might be the thing that made it feel so long <laughs> to me is that I had to listen to this like repetitive acoustic piano score for 75 minutes it's straight. It's just
0: like basically one song for the entire movie played on a piano. Yeah. It's like in the olden days when you'd go to like a silent film and there's somebody actually there playing the piano. <laughs>
1: it was, it was it basically was, that. Yes, it was very much like that. Very much like that. All right, well, moving on from our farm theme.
0: Which didn't go so well.
1: I, it it was, it was a little shaky. Yeah. Um, where are we going tomorrow? Well, what's funny
0: is Charlie's Farm was Australian. I'm pretty sure our movie for tomorrow, Cargo from 2017. ...is also Australian.
1: Watching a a lot of Aussie films.
0: It will be our third if it is.
1: Plus a New Zealand film, which New Zealand and Australia, two separate places. They want to make sure we know that.
0: (laughs) They are separate, yes. So we're going to see Cargo from 2017 starring Martin Freeman. So that's exciting.
1: I am excited about this idea. Yes. She likes that.
0: And then to follow that up, we will have the evil twin cargo from 2019 mm. which i think is a sci-fi film
1: does it also have martin freeman in it i
0: don't think it does it might have benedict cumberbatch who knows what i doubt that though
1: all right well we will be back to check out the cargos tomorrow
0: i'll be sure to wear my cargo pants
1: okay good idea <laughs> <laughs> Good. Tara, this is good. I love it. Do exactly what you're doing.